0: Hello and welcome to The Scrimshaw Show. My name is Evan Scrimshaw. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. As many of you know, this is the inaugural episode of The Scrimshaw Show. It's going to be a little different than what you'll uh, usually get. Usually it'll be me and a guest just talking about elections and politics and whatever else is interesting to us. Uh, Sometimes you'll have to deal with... uh, you know, soccer, football, or uh, even curling. Sometimes when I when I have the mood. But um, for now, uh, I'm just recording a quick solo podcast on the Virginia governor's race. Given today's Wednesday's Monday with the poll. Uh, before I get into Virginia, though, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has supported the launch of this podcast. Thanks to everyone who has supported me uh, through the recent Canadian election campaign. Uh, you can find my writing at Unscripted Scrimshaw or Scrimshaw Unscripted com or my political betting columns at thelines.com. Um, and yeah, no. Uh, so the question of Virginia and sort of how competitive or not, and therefore how concerned Democrats should be or not about Virginia is an open one. Uh, I think people were less worried about it before today's uh, Tide-Monmouth poll. Um the thing is that the polls in Virginia are almost assuredly overstating Republican support. There's a historical trend, or not historical, but in 2018, there were 16 governor's races with a three-point polling miss or more, with a substantial amount of polls included, uh, con- uh, conducted in the race. 14 of those 16 went to the party that had won that state in the 2016 election. The only two that hadn't were Texas and Kansas and in both cases there were somewhat exceptional circumstances Uh, in Texas the Democrats didn't really contest the race at all and you got a bunch of Beto supporting Democrats because the supporting miss in the Texas Center is. Uh, and then in Kansas, Chris Kobach was like a singularly horrible candidate. But also both of those states are trending towards Democrats. Doesn't mean they're gonna win either of those states this, you know, in twenty twenty-four or whatever. But both are states that are trending left. Those are educated states. And what you saw was basically where Republicans were strong. The polling misses tended to understate Republicans. Where Democrats were strong, the polling miss tended to underestimate Democrats. We saw in the 2017 Virginia race where the polls were a a very small uh, lead for Ralph Northam, and he ended up winning by nine. And the thing about the polls that we have so far is that they're mostly overstating Republicans. Monmouth today had uh, an electorate which looked reasonably fine. I mean, it was low on the number of educated uh, degree holders, but not not horrifically so. Um, the problem with that poll was Republicans were somehow winning white voters by like twenty seven points, I believe. Uh, YouGov and Fox both had single digit. Republican leads, and that polling miss almost – or that difference in the polls, I shouldn't say polling miss yet, comes from overstating Republican support with non-degree-holding whites. In 2020, Donald Trump won those voters, non-degree-holding white Virginians, by 24 points. Fox had Youngkin winning them by 25, Yugov had them winning them by 19, and Monmouth had them winning them by an amount in the 40s. If you think that's possible, if you think that you know a forty-eight point lead with those voters is reasonable, maybe. It seems highly unlikely to me, but maybe. But it honestly, it honestly feels like what we saw in the in the twenty twenty polls, but in reverse. Right? We accepted, and, and I'm really mainly talking about myself here. Right? We saw these polls with huge, huge swings. From 2016 or even 2018, with degree holding whites towards Democrats, right? We accepted that Democrats were so much better in all these places with degree holders, and, and they did better than 2016, they did better than 2020, but not nearly to the scale, right? There were you know, 10, 15, 20 point polling misses in some polls with degree holding whites, and we just accepted those because well in my case because we wanted them to be true I wanted Joe Biden to win and I wanted the Joe Biden to win by the landslide amount that he ended up winning by and so we accepted polls which frankly we shouldn't have and in this case like it the idea that Glenn Youngking is going to outperform Trump by 20 points with white voters and 25 points with non-degree holding whites is it's laughable it's ludicrous it's it's unbelievable it's 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 literally unbelievable in the in the strictly literal sense of, of that word right and we believe it because democrats are doomers and we are sort of meant to believe the worst is coming it's not democrats are panicking because we panic but that doesn't mean the data's there to see it right the most recent fox poll had a, had a call of plus 5 Likely voter screen with a R eleven. sorry, with a with the Democrats by eleven registered voting screen, and something like a Biden plus six or Biden plus seven likely voter electorate. You have had a Biden plus two uh, electorate in from twenty twenty, and somehow McCall McCalla footing by three. Like the the reason those two polls are are lower on Democrats is not because people have changed their minds, but because Democrats aren't turning out which could potentially be correct, but is more likely that they're in trying to avoid the 2020 polling miss. Again, they're created the new 2021 polling miss. This argument, by the way, is consistent with the results of the California recall and the New Mexico first special election where, and and yes, the New Mexico race was one singular poll, I'm aware. But in both cases, Democrats not only beat their polls, but beat or, or came very close to their, you know, twenty eighteen partisanships. Um for, for Newsom specifically. He basically ran even and you know, uh, in New Mexico, Democrats outran not only Deb Haaland's uh, twenty twenty performance, but also her uh, but also Joe Biden's at the top of the ticket in a district with I think a seven point ticket split um, from congressional to to the presidency. What we're seeing fundamentally is Pollsters are so scared of, of repeating the last polling miss, which is a totally reasonable fear, and they should avoid doing so. That they've created a new one, and what you're seeing is you're seeing a set of polls which is highly likely to be leaning towards Republicans because of methodological choices. Right now, maybe Monmouth is right. Maybe I don't. I, I don't get to be arrogant enough to say they're wrong because I was I I lived through 2020. Right. I don't, have the, I don't have the ability to dismiss polls that I don't believe anymore is wrong. I will say there are two other sort of important facts about this, right? Um, there was a Monmouth sorry, – sorry, there was a YouGov and a Morning Consult. Uh, there were two generic ballot polls out today. Monmouth – sorry, Monmouth shows a tied Virginia race, which would be consistent with the natural environment where the GOP are – not only favorites to win the House, they, they straight up might be Senate favorites. YouGov uh, and Morning Consul both have D-plus-5 national environments. There's an Emerson poll today, and I know it's Emerson, I know Emerson are generally trash, of the Ohio 15th special election. It was an R-11 poll in, I think, a Trump-plus-15 or Trump-plus-16 district. That would again be consistent with the idea that the national environment is around a D4, a D5, a D6. With the idea that basically the national environment is unchanged since last time, and maybe even a point or two more favorable to Democrats as Trumpy and low propensity whites don't turn out. Now, that Emerson poll might be completely trash. I didn't look at the details, I didn't dig into it, right? It could totally be wrong. You have in morning consult, yes, there's my 20 polls were wrong could totally be the case that that's that that's still how this is maybe that said at some point we have to reckon with the idea that just because something is called a poll doesn't mean it's right in the 2021 Canadian election we saw literally unbelievable polls from mainstream Street and Nikos. just like those tracking polls for two weeks in August were Unbelievable in the literal sense of the, of the word. They were also wrong. I know, I love you, keto I, uh, I don't quite love you, Frank, but I, I like you. Your polls were wrong. You got bad samples. There was not a huge shift in voter movement from the beginning of the campaign to the middle of the campaign back to the end of the campaign. There wasn't. The Conservatives never had that big of a lead. They never did. And yet we believed it, or some people believed it, because they worried because it was a thing that was called a poll, and therefore we had to take it seriously. Sometimes we don't. The national fundamentals point to a sizable, comfortable Democratic lead. The state polls point to a smaller but still comfortable Democratic lead. At some point, you can either believe that the fundamentals are wrong that the national polls are wrong, that the national environment is wrong. Or you can believe a set of state polls which are unreliable at best and wrong. Let's just be honest here. They're almost assuredly wrong. If you want to do about these polls, go right ahead. You're right. If you want to use these bad polls as an excuse to door knock or phone bank or donate, so you're right. But let's not pretend that these races are close just because some polls have them close. Monmouth will not be right. Terry McAuliffe will win, and he will not be close. My prediction was, is, and remains, and presumably will remain, unless any compelling evidence against it comes out, and I really don't see what that compelling evidence could be at this point, is that Terry McAuliffe is going to win by about eight points. That will be my position, and that is my position, and probably will be my position for as long as this race goes on. Thank you so much for listening to the inaugural uh edition of the Scrimshell Show, Show. Uh it usually these episodes will be a lot longer, but given it's just me and I've only got one specific topic, I just wanted to get this out as a quick thank you to everybody and a sort of soother for people to stop their doom scrolling and panicking. Um Read my, read my work over at and read my political betting columns at The Lines. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast and have a great... Follow me on Twitter at ESCrimshaw. Follow, uh, follow the podcast account at scrimshaw underscore show. Have a great night, everybody.